Hi, welcome to Sidewalk Talk. I'm Steve Fortunato, founder of Shovel the Sidewalk. We build brands and create advertising for small businesses. We're in Buffalo, New York, and we're all about authentic storytelling, which is why we started this podcast, Sidewalk Talk. We look for stories of inspiration, information, and education to share. And uh, I'm really pumped about my guest today, Greg Prince. He is a uh, family service counselor for seven uh, Western New York Catholic cemeteries. And, and uh, you know, Greg, I think before we get going, can you, just, can you tell us exactly what is a family service counselor? I don't know if people really understand that well, there are individuals like yourself to help in a time of need. I, I can tell you from my experience every day, people don't know who we are. And, and you know, um, this is one of those things, right, um, that people either don't want to think about or even though we all know eventually this will happen to them, they think it's not going to happen to them. And so uh, people don't know how to start. Our job is to help people make decisions that nobody really ever wants to, right? Nobody thinks about the fact or wants to think about the fact that eventually we're all going to die. I hope that didn't surprise you, Steve. Eventually you're going to be in this boat too, in case you didn't know. I was hoping I could avoid it. Yeah, no, Modern I don't think technology? you can. One no. never knows. It could happen, but I don't think so. And so we understand when people come in, um, and that's really what my job is, right? As a family service counsel, I talk to families and help them make uh, hopefully good decisions about um, something all of us are going to have to deal with it at some point, right? Um, we have, so for example, uh, and we're going to talk more about this, I know, but in addition to the fact that people don't really want to think about their eventual demise. When you come to one of our cemeteries, and during this pandemic, I've been working pretty much exclusively at Holy Cross Cemetery in Lackawanna. There, we have over 65 options just for cremation. So in addition to people not wanting to think about this in the first place, you really have to get people to kind of think, well, what's your preference? What do you think you would like to do? What do you want your final resting place to be? Uh, because there's a lot of choices. So it's my job to help people navigate those waters. And that's really what we do. And obviously, that's easier to do when somebody hasn't just passed, right? When you haven't just lost a family member that's really the worst time to make those decisions. And in a lot of cases, that's what happens. So it's our job to help people through that too, right? Help people understand that grieving process and help people um, kind of work through those decisions and alleviate some of that stress from that time. You, you touched on something that I do want to talk about, but I want to get to that next, which sure. is... Uh, pre-need or planning ahead yeah, um, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk pre-planning yeah. um, but before we do that let's that's let's a term sure. we use I mean it's right. you know but um, uh, and that really just differentiates between an immediate need type right. situation but it's like anything else right it's always better to plan ahead yeah we're going to, and I want to talk about why that's so important but I want to make sure we know 
what cemeteries we're, we're talking about. Um, so Holy Cross, you mentioned a ton of history at Holy Cross. Oh, absolutely. Beautiful cemetery in Lackawanna too. Beautiful. Um, so then there's Mount Olivet in Kenmore, St. Adelbert in Lancaster, Queen of Heaven uh, up in Lockport. There's Holy Sepulchre in, uh, in Chitawaga, Assumption in Grand Island, and Gate of Heaven uh, out in, uh, up in Lewiston. So, so those seven cemeteries, what you, you have representatives at all seven then, right? I mean, there's, there's different, there's different Greg's at all of them, right? Right, exactly. So there's six of us total. And in normal times, if we ever get back to those, um, we, we kind of share the responsibility at all of them. So, so we're not at the same place every day. In fact, uh, you know, as far as the job itself goes, it's one of the nice things about the job, right? I get to kind of be in a different place every day. So I get to talk with different people. I get to see, you know, I have different surroundings every day, I get to look at different grounds. So that's kind of a nice little perk of this job, actually. And uh, so there is one of us at, each office, there's not somebody every day at um, uh, Queen of Heaven in Lockport, and there isn't an office actually at Assumption in Grand Island. So if somebody wants to talk to us about um, particularly Assumption, uh, we're happy to meet with them. We can meet with them there, show them some of the spaces, or we can meet with them at the Mount Olivet office or whatever office is closest to them. Same thing with, uh, um, there are uh, limited office hours, uh, uh, nine to two at uh, Queen of Heaven in Lockport. One of us isn't there if you come in every day. So they'll call us and uh, one of us will go meet you. We'll either come over from Gate of Heaven or we'll come up from Mount Olivet. And uh, believe me, we will make every effort to make this convenient for you. Why do you do this job? <laughs> uh, I tell people um, uh, I'm probably cut out for it. And the reason that I'm cut out for it, I think is, you know, I've been a Catholic my whole life and um, I've worked for the Catholic church for pretty much all of my career in one capacity or another. In fact, that Steve, that's how you and I got to know each other uh, before I joined Catholic cemetery. So this is kind of a nice, uh, you know, a nice bonus to be able to work with you again. And I, so my faith, you know, is my strength, you know, and these things always sound cliche, right? But I mean, that's the truth, because I think if you do this kind of work day in and day out, and you don't have a, a faith background, and you don't have an understanding of death, and our, particularly for us, our Catholic theology of death, you're not going to last very long. And the biggest one for me is, and I'll, I'll tell this to people, um, particularly if they if they come in and we're and we're planning ahead, because people will ask me just like you're asking me, boy, this has got to be tough work, right? Like, why do why would you want to do this every day? When I look out my window in what any one of our cemetery offices, I understand that the people I see out my window in our cemeteries are the people who are really better off, right? They've achieved the prize. Our goal is all, hopefully, to pass on to the next life and make it to heaven someday, right? So I'm surrounded by people who have already done that every day. But the fact is, most people that come in to talk to me, even if they 
know that, you know, maybe somewhere in their head, they don't realize that. They don't have that vision. And that really helps me every day to know that, look, I, I know you're grieving for your for your loved one now, but you know, we say, oh, they're they're better off, they're in a better place. But we really believe that they are in a in a better place. And when you get over that moment of grief, you're, you know, that time, and I don't mean get over it because you probably never really get over it, but when you learn to kind of live with that and your perspective kind of widens on it, most people realize that, you know, especially if a loved one's been sick, you know, um, they really are better off, you know, they really are in a, in a, in a better place. And we try to provide an environment so that when people come to visit the loved one in their final resting place, that it's comfortable and that they feel at peace when they're there. So you're, when you tell someone in 10 seconds, what you do, you help families with the burial. Sure. I, what I really do is help people make decisions for things nobody ever really wants to talk about. I help people choose a final resting place. Um, hopefully, they're not going to be in there soon, right? I mean, that's the <laughs> that's the goal for all of us. You know, we, we kind of want to enjoy this life as as long as we can. But I help them make a good decision about where they're going to be while they enjoy the next life. So we're speaking with uh, Greg Prince. He is a family service counselor for uh, seven Western New York Catholic cemeteries. Greg, you touched on it earlier. Um, I want you to, to, to expand now on, on why it's important um, to pre-plan or, or plan ahead. Yeah, um, you know, we said earlier, right? Pretty much anything we do in life, planning ahead is always the best course of action, right? Sometimes you don't have that choice. But people would are surprised to hear if they come in to talk to us that probably almost 70% of our work is pre-planning, planning ahead for your for your burial needs and, and choosing out those, those final resting places for you and your family. And the reason that's important is, uh, there, there's so many reasons it's important, but the big one is that it's so much easier. I mentioned earlier in Holy Cross alone, let's just talk about the cremation side of things and cremation is more and more popular, right, these days. We have over 65 options. So it's hard to make a decision on that when a family member is just passed, right? And you're trying to deal with the funeral planning with a funeral director. You're trying to deal with all the financial or whatever other considerations come about during that process. Um, and then you're trying to choose a space if you haven't done that already. Obviously, it's easier to kind of have that all taken care of ahead of time. Um, you know, people will call me and maybe be interested in it, or they get maybe a postcard or something from us, or they, they see our billboard as they pass by the cemetery, um, they hear us on the radio. And some people even tell me, well, the only reason you want me to pre-plan is that you get more money out of me. And actually, it's just the opposite. The only thing you're going to do is save money. I mean, it, it's uh, not only is the decision-making part easier because you can take your time. Um, we're like anything else, right? Prices always go up. I'll tell you the other big reason that people should think about pre-planning, particularly 
if it's for more than just maybe yourself and your spouse or, um, you know, if there's other family member roles, children's, parents, whatever the situation may be. I can't tell you today that when you come in and choose your space, that the space next to you or above you or behind you is going to be available. So if the eventual thought is um, you want to be next to your parents, for example, or you want to spot to your children and, and you can all be in the same space, it's way easier to do that ahead of time. One of the worst case scenarios is people come to me and say, yeah, you know, my parents bought their space, you know, 10, 15, even 20 years ago. And, you know, there was space near them at the time and we never really did anything about it. I'm just wondering if we can get anything near them. Well, you can imagine most of the time what the answer is, it's no, you know? So it, it, it's always better to think about that sooner rather than later. So it, it, if, if someone, well, let's say, so if someone is in a, so what, I guess, I guess I, I'm going to summarize it when it's a, in your business, you call it at need the decision-making I'm assuming you, maybe you see, you've seen people make the wrong, well, I don't know if it was the wrong, a decision they regretted later because they made it when their brain, your brain is not oh clear, right? Um, so your loved ones might make a decision that they're like, yeah, that might not have been the best decision, right? Is that what, you, does that well, happen? that does actually happen and <laughs> there's several variations on that right um a parent dies and there haven't been any decisions made and mom or dad uh maybe the spouse who's left sometimes you know they're they're in a position where they they don't want to have to deal with that they don't want to make that decision so the children come in and they take their best shot, right? But they're grieving too. And then later on, the family goes, boy, we really wish we would have done this, you know, instead. Um, so that does happen where it's not that people made a, a bad decision. They made the best decision at an extremely difficult time. And so, like you say, maybe it wasn't the right decision for them. I'll tell you, planning ahead, coming in and seeing us beforehand eliminates all of that, right? And, and we have programs in place, like for example, you, uh, um, you purchase a, a, a space, in fact, maybe, you're, maybe you purchased a space 10 years ago, right? In one of our ground burial sections. And you, you've changed your mind. Maybe you're gonna be, you're looking at cremation, or maybe you just decide, well, you know, we walk around the cemetery. This is what we're hearing a lot now, Steve, as you might imagine. There's lots of people walking around our cemeteries, right? Because social distancing is pretty easy. It's a big place. You can kind of stay away from people. It's a nice place to walk. The grounds are taken care of. The roads are clear. You don't have to worry about traffic. So we're here. I'm hearing from people, we've been walking around the cemetery and we bought a space, but we really like those mausoleums, you know? Well, let's see if we can you know, put you into the mausoleum. We have a plan for that, you know? So, you know, it, it's like anything else. People change their minds, but you are absolutely right that I will hear from people uh, that I talk to in, in one of those situations where a loved one has just passed, where they then later say, well, I wish, I really wish we would have done this, you know? 
and I try my best to not have that happen, but it's a tough time to be making a decision. How has COVID-19 affected? I mean, can you guys, can people come and see you in advance now? Or what, yeah, so we've been pretty much dealing with those immediate need type cases, but we're seeing a couple of things. One thing that we're seeing is um, we know this as Catholics, right? The reason that there is a Catholic theology for death and dying and that there is a process for funerals is because it aids that grieving process. So when you take away things like a wake or a funeral mass, the mass of Christian burial, or even prayers at the cemetery, it affects people's grieving process. There's a reason that we have that as Catholics. So what we're seeing is in some cases, people who may have chosen a full burial option, maybe they were gonna be buried in uh, a grave or they were gonna be buried in a crypt in a mausoleum. Because of the situation, some people are choosing cremation because they can't have a service right now. And then they plan to wait until they can have a service. And by say have a service, you can have a service now, but it's such a limited number of people, particularly Holy Cross and Lackawanna, where I'm working just about every day now. Um, you know, South Buffalo, we got a lot of big families, right? It's hard to chew. Okay, who, the, who are the 10 people going to be? People don't want to make those choices, and we understand that. So that's one thing we're seeing. We're seeing kind of a, an, maybe a, a rise in the number of cremations. The other thing that we're seeing is this has us all thinking about our mortality right what happens if we get this disease and we don't make it right um particularly older people where you know they've said from the beginning right the worst popular the the most difficult population to handle this particular strain of virus is an older population and it gets them thinking about um, well, what if something happens? We haven't made our plans yet. So I am dealing with some of that, taking a lot of phone calls from people who go, you know, we haven't made any plans. And I'm trying to work with them the best I can within the guidelines. And hopefully over the next little bit here, that's going to open up a little more. I can start meeting with people face-to-face -face safely, of course, following all the protocols. But, it, it, you know, not only is it changing people's idea of what they might have done when someone passes, it's getting people thinking about, hey, this is a reality, you know, and I haven't made any plans for it yet. Are, are, are people, um, if you can't have uh, 10 or more people, or you can't have more than 10 people, are people canceling them? What are they, are they not yeah, having? There are people so, so, they're, so they're cremating, uh, keeping Uncle Bob on the mantle and, and waiting till later? Or are they planning for this later? Or how's, how, what's happening? Yeah, we're hearing from we're hearing two things from uh, funeral directors during this, and this has been going back to right when it first started. Um, some people don't like the idea that they can't have a funeral, so there's cases where funeral homes are storing cremains for families in the eventual thought that they're going to do some kind of a service later on. And in some cases, people are taking the cremains home with them, you know, and they're going to make their arrangements later on. So we expect to see when the doors start opening up a little more, we expect to see more people coming to us, particularly purchasing cremation spaces. So that, you know, um, we're kind of preparing for that eventuality. But we also think 
that when people feel safe coming in to talk to folks like myself, that uh, we're going to hear from more people because we've been hearing from folks already who say, I, I really got to get this taken care of. And we're going to be here for you. You know, we're here for you now, but, but we're going to be here for you when that happens, when, when the restrictions are relaxed. You say a place for the cremated remains. What, what do people, what, what are options for, for cremation? And, and if someone, I just want to make sure we understand this. So sure. someone holds on to their cremated remains. Can they come to bury them later then if they hold on to them at their house? And yeah. And, and obviously I'd be worried about, I bet a lot of people, I mean, I'd be worried about losing them. Well, um, we have some horror stories about that too, where, you know, um, somebody passes and they were holding on to a family member's cremains and the kids, for example, are going through the house and they find this in a closet somewhere and they go, did you know that aunt so-and-so was, you know, mom was holding on to her. Um, and sometimes that becomes, you know, a, a grieving situation all over again, right? Cause they got to make a decision that, um, you know, somebody else didn't make at the time, you know? So then it's that whole situation you're talking about, Steve, where, well, geez, are we doing the right thing? Where, where would she want to have been and all that? So, I mean, yeah, well, that, that situation does occur. And obviously as Catholics, the idea is, you know, when you pass, um, you are placed in a final resting place, um, you know, and that should be fairly soon after. We don't want people holding on to family members at home. There's a lot of reasons not to do that. It might make you feel good for a time, but then what happens when you pass, you know, and then somebody else has to make those decisions. We're hearing some of that now too, where I've met with people who somebody passed maybe last year and now this pandemic situation has arisen. They're thinking about, well, what if something happens to me? And they go, you know, I got to find a place for both of us, you know, so we're hearing that too. All right. I'll, I'll last question um more about you personally it's interesting to me as a, what you do i don't i'm sure you didn't grow up saying hey i want to be a family <laughs> ser- no. want to be a family <laughs> service counselor but um you're doing it and 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 you have a passion for it and you've talked about what what it is you do and you hinted at why you do it but how you know it's it it can be you know it's it's you know, people, I'm sure your friends are like, wow, that's a, that's a rough gig. That's a rough gig. But what, what is it, what's the gratification uh, that you personally feel uh, being, being a, a family service counselor? Well, I'll go back, I'll go back to my faith, right? This is an opportunity for me. And I like, I like working with people. I like talking to people. My background actually, Steve, you're aware, but I mean, uh, uh, my background and uh, when I went to college, I was in media, right? Communications and media. Um, so I'm used to talking to people. And I'd like to think after years of talking to people that, you know, I'm a fairly comfortable guy to talk to, that people feel comfortable talking to me. And on the other side of that, um, I, you know, I'm not, not intimidated by the subject matter in my job, right? I'm I'm not afraid to talk about death. And I would like to think based on my, my faith background and my life experience that I can be sensitive with people about that. Um, I'll tell you, it's terrific 
when somebody comes in, and believe me, this happens most of the time. When somebody makes their arrangements in a, in, in a, and they're planning ahead and they're, they're trying to decide what their final resting place is, no matter how nervous they were or how difficult the decision was, even just to come and talk to me, when they're done, people almost always say, oh, you know, you made that so easy on me. Or that is such a relief. And believe me, that's very gratifying for me, right? To help people. I, I get it. Nobody wants to talk about this, right? I mean, you don't want to talk about dying, you know? I have, I have to talk with people who say, I don't even come and visit a cemetery. You know, I don't even go and visit my family members. So they're even less likely to want to think about their own space in the, in the cemetery. So, it, you know, for me personally, it is very gratifying when, when people make a decision and they're happy with that decision. And even in the case where someone is, has recently passed and I have to sit down with them, um, I, you know, I'd like people to know that I understand how difficult it is for you. And believe me, it's difficult for me too. I mean, that's the, um, it's a situation that, that we'd all like to avoid, right? And we already talked about that. It's one of the reasons we encourage people to plan ahead so they don't have to come see me in the midst of that time of, of grief. So, so it's tough for us too, but it's nice to be able to alleviate at least a little bit of that burden during that time, to make it a little bit easier on them, to help them through something they never thought they'd be dealing with. Well, Greg Prince, uh, family service counselor for, uh, he works at uh, seven different uh, Catholic cemeteries across Western New York. I appreciate you, Greg. I appreciate you sharing your story and educating us on, uh, on why it is so important to, to pre-plan, to, to, to plan ahead rather than leave it for others to make those decisions um, at a difficult time. Greg Prince, thank you. Thank you, Steve. All right. Well, thank you for uh, listening and, and for those on YouTube for, for watching. That's it for this episode of Sidewalk Talk. Uh, you can download uh, any of our, uh, our podcasts on your, your choice. We're on Apple, iTunes, Spotify. Well, we, you could also watch any of our podcasts by visiting our website, shovelthesidewalk.com. Uh, also, if you uh, or you know somebody that has a story that you think needs to be shared, a story of inspiration, information, education, there's a form on our website. Just fill it out and, and we'll, we'll set up that, uh, that podcast. Again, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for participating. I'm Steve Fortunato, and this has been Sidewalk Talk.